2 Samuel chapter number 9 this morning. It is a joy, as Pastor Jade mentioned, to have Brother Austin and my precious baby girl in the house with us today and to have them with us this weekend. We are truly glad that they're here and, and uh, we're so looking forward to the things of God uh, in their future as well. And uh, we'll... Uh, just be ready, Austin. We may just have you jump right in with us here in just a little bit, all right? So I, uh, I am so grateful for the privilege to stand here today. And if the Lord would help me, I want to deliver what has been placed in my spirit for our time this morning. Uh, I'm going to try to speak to us on a personal level, at the same time, I'm going to try to speak to the church as well as speaking to us as a nation. And it is only by the help of the Holy Spirit that we will have ears to hear correctly that which he would have us to hear. So at the beginning of our time together, my prayer is that you would prepare your heart to receive and say, God, what is it that you want me to hear today? And uh, as you do that, I believe that the Holy Spirit will do the work that needs to be done for you to hear uh, that which the Lord would have for you this morning. Our world, as you know, is in a mess. Everything is going in many different directions. Uh, there's lots of evil. There's lots of demonic movement and there is a lot of good things happening as well. The Spirit of the Lord, the Kingdom of Light is making great advancements in many parts of the world. Uh, in the 1040 window, we're seeing hundreds of people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and I celebrate that today. Uh, but at the same time, here in our homeland, we find that we are a nation that is in a very crucial hour, a very crucial time uh, from all of the natural disasters that's going on uh, all around us to the innocent life that has been lost uh, to uh, just the complexity of life and to, unfortunately, we have to mention and address uh, the apathy and really the backslidden condition uh, of the church world in America, uh, we definitely find a group of people that are saying all of the right things from their lips, but unfortunately their heart is far from the Lord. I do not say that to be negative or to be judgmental, but I say that to simply speak truth. And we did not get here overnight, but it has been a process. and. I'm so thankful that the story doesn't end now, but that there is still some things moving in the spiritual realm that's beginning to alter and to push back and to bring about what God has ordained for this season. I will stand by my statement earlier this year, and that is this, that I strongly believe 
that we are in a season of resurrection. And I stand this morning telling you that there is movement that you and I may not yet see, but there is a bursting forth that's getting ready to take place in the body of Christ, and it is going to affect the world, especially in the Western Hemisphere. And uh, we're going to deal with that a little bit. If the Lord would help us for a few moments, I'm aware of what time it is. If you'll listen fast, I'll talk fast. And, uh, and you may still be able to get out of here in time for lunch. But whatever God wants is what we want this morning. But I'm going to ask you if you're able. If you're not able, I totally understand. But one more time, I'm going to ask you to stand with me for the reading of the Word. And we're going to dive right in together this morning. Second Samuel chapter number nine, the first seven verses, we read the following. And David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul, a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, art thou Ziba? And he said, thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Emil in Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Emil, from Lodabar. And now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Now if you flip over to verse number 11, it says, Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. And as for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's Son, Then verse 13, so Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. For a few moments this morning, I want to talk and preach for a little bit about fetched by a king. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you. I thank you for the privilege to stand in your house. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that I feel present now in this room. Lord, I take a moment and I speak to every dark thing that would try to exalt itself against your word today. I command it to be removed from this room. I speak to anything that would try to distract your people from hearing what you would have them to hear today to be removed from this room. And Lord, I pray that your perfect will would be accomplished because, Lord, I believe that lives are going to be transformed and changed by your power and by your anointing this morning. Lord, I thank you 
Now, Lord, I ask that you would just anoint this vessel afresh. Help me to deliver what you have put into my spirit and into my life over the last several weeks concerning this topic. And, Lord, help me not to speak my opinion, but, Lord, help me to speak that which you have given, and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. I know for some of you this is a familiar passage of Scripture. Maybe for others not so much so. But in order for us to grasp the significance of this passage of Scripture, we need to kind of go backwards in order for us to really go forward. This is what we know concerning Mephibosheth and concerning this passage of Scripture. If you was to read 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse number 4, you will find that Jonathan, who is the son of Saul, is the father of Mephibosheth that was lame on his feet. We find that Mephibosheth was five years of age when the tiding came out of Jezreel of Saul and Jonathan. And it was in that moment when the news was being shared concerning Saul and Jonathan that in her panic, in her fear, she scooped up Mephibosheth and as she took him up in her arms and began to flee, it says that in her haste that he fell. Or you could say that she dropped him. And when he fell, he became lame on his feet and therefore it affected everything about him. While he was in the care of a nurse, he was taken up in an attempt to flee to a place of safety and as he was dropped and he became injured and lame, this event caused him to become lame on his feet for the rest of his days. Now you may ask, why is this important? Because of this one event, it affected him from being able to effectively or even truly be considered to reign in the lineage of Saul. Now we understand that the Lord took the kingdom from Saul and gave it to David prior to this. But you will find that in this time in history, we find that Saul is now recently slaughtered and Jonathan is now recently slaughtered. And we know that Jonathan had other children. He had a couple other boys. And we find that the one was a weak leader and he was now slaughtered. And we find that we see now there is no one left of the house of Saul by the eyes or the standard of men to look and to say, how is it that Mephibosheth could effectively ever rule and reign on the throne of his father Saul and Therefore, he is disqualified because of what has transpired in his life at the age of five. Before he even had a chance to begin to develop, 
it seemed like everything was rent from him. This one event, along with the conflict of the present day, led to a young child being removed from the palace and finding himself just a short while later in a land called Lodabar. You must understand that the land of Lodabar is not a place where things grow and flourish. It's not a place of flashing lights and it's not a place of of great excitement, but it is simply a place that is barren. It's a place where nothing's growing, nothing's moving, nothing's developing. It's a place where those that have been rejected from society finds themselves living and dwelling in the midst of their hardship, in the midst of their pain. And we find that when we come back to our text, we see that time has passed. And as I mentioned just a moment ago, Saul is dead and Jonathan is dead. And The house of Saul now has been in conflict with the house of David. And while David grew stronger and stronger, the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. And David has now been ruling Judah for some time and now has been anointed king over Israel and has taken Jerusalem. And he has smote the Philistines. And in chapter 6, he has already brought back the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. And don't ever forget, it's symbolic of the presence of the Lord. Uh, you find that we could begin to list multiple victories that David has encountered as king over Judah and over Israel. And we find that we see his heart is then turned to build a house for the Lord. And you know that story. The Lord said, because you're a man of war and shed so much blood, I will not permit you, but I will, however, allow your son Solomon to build a house. And we find that in the midst of all of this that's going on, when you get to chapter number nine, it is then after David is in a place of rest that God has given him at this season, he then remembers that he is in covenant with Jonathan, Mephibosheth's father. And he simply says, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness to? His desire to honor Jonathan never left him. And even though Saul had tried everything to destroy him, he never forgot the covenant that he had made with Saul's son, Jonathan. That's why you can read in 1 Samuel 18 and 3 that it says, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. But you also read in chapter number 20 of 1 Samuel 12 through 17 the following. And Jonathan said unto David, O Lord God of Israel, when I have sounded my father about tomorrow any time or the third day, and behold, if there be good towards David, and I then send not unto thee and show it thee, the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if it please my father to do thee evil, then will I show it thee and send thee away that thou mayest go in peace. And the Lord be with thee as he hath been with my father. And Notice this, Jonathan was in conversation with David and he says, and thou shalt not only while yet I live show me the kindness of the Lord that I die not, but also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. 
No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, every one from the face of the earth. So then we find that Jonathan made covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemy. And Jonathan caused David to swear again because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. But notice we find that now that David has come into a place of rest, David remembers this conversation and this covenant, and he simply says, is there anyone I can show kindness to? But you have to realize it wasn't just any type of kindness, but he says in chapter 9, verse 3, that he wants to show him the kindness of God. Let me insert this this morning. When you begin to talk about the kindness of God, you're talking about a work of restoration. And when Ziba was brought in, he felt it necessary to point out the flaws of Mephibosheth. But David paid no mind or attention because hear me, let's never forget, he knew what it was like to be looked over and not chosen. David knew what it was like to hear the music in the house of his father and the celebration going on while he was still in a field and not been invited. He, he knew what it was like to have been dropped or to be neglected. And therefore, he was not focused on those things, but he was focused upon covenant relationship that he had with Jonathan. And after learning of its existence, he immediately asked the question, where is he? Where is Mephibosheth? And upon hearing the response, King David simply did this. He sent and fetched him out of the house in Lodabar. To fetch simply means to go and to bring back. Because of the covenant that David had with Jonathan, he knew that he could not leave him where he currently was. See, the problem today in our culture is that we have failed to teach a generation the value of covenant. Can I just throw this in there? And it, it won't cost you a thing today, uh, young men and young women. Listen, my friend, uh, marriage is not a contract, it's a covenant. You see, there is a major difference. We have gotten really good at doing contracts, but contracts are able to be broken, but covenant things are there to remain. And, and we find that it's not always easy. It's not always uh, uh, convenient. But listen, my friend, we are in a place today where everything is going awry. But what we really need to have understanding of that we find that David was saying, uh, I cannot leave him there because of the covenant that I have with Jonathan. And I must tell you today that due to the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made uh, at Calvary a little better than 2,000 years ago, uh, our heavenly father uh, cannot leave this generation uh, where it currently is. Uh, and I know they may get you aggravated and they may get you all up 
tight and you may feel like, oh, I don't know if we're ever going to reach them or this or that. Uh, listen, my friend, uh, the place uh, where we are today is not the final place, uh, but we're in a place where God uh, is beginning to turn the hearts of men. Uh, there are those that have been dropped uh, and they have become lame upon their feet. Uh, the world says to them, uh, you're of no value. Uh, the world says that you have too many scars, uh, that you have too many failures, uh, that you have too much history. Uh, the place of your dwelling uh, is not a place of comfort this morning, uh, but if you would be honest before God today, uh, you would have to say uh, that where you're dwelling right now is a place of lack. Uh, it's a barren place. Uh, nothing's blooming. Uh, nothing's growing. Uh, we find today uh, no miracles is happening at your house. Uh, we find that there's no life springing forth at your house uh, and there is no unexpected favor taking place. Uh, it appears this morning for some uh, that survival uh, is all it's ever going to be. Uh, but the problem is... Uh, even in the church, uh, we've got people that has come to this conclusion uh, that, well, uh, even though I'm in a place of survival, uh, there's no miracle, there's no movement, there's no growth, uh, there's not much to be excited about, uh, but at least uh, there's nobody trying to kill me right now. Uh, at least I'm just existing right now. Uh, and some would even gotten used to the whispers uh, that you hear. Uh, oh, aren't they part of the royal lineage of Saul? Uh, why in the world are they here? Uh, well, wasn't they part of this church? Uh, didn't they used to sing in the choir? Uh, didn't they used to teach Sunday school? Uh, well, wasn't they this uh, and wasn't they that? Uh, you've gotten used to the whispers uh, because you're just right now, uh, you're not really feeling too many arrows. You've really become somewhat numb. Uh, but today uh, I come to tell you uh, that there is a conversation uh, that has been taken place concerning you uh, that you don't know anything about. Uh, you got to understand that while Mephibosheth uh, lame on his feet, uh, living in a land called Lodabar uh, in the house of Maker, uh, he's sitting there just existing, uh, not able to do anything, uh, nothing growing, nothing developing, uh, nothing to be excited about, uh, but in the palace where his daddy used to live uh, was a king having a conversation uh, and saying, is there there anybody uh, that I can show kindness to? I'm going to preach this thing this morning uh, because I wanted to preach it for a month and a half and the Lord ain't let me till today. Uh, I got to tell you this morning uh, that you are in a place right now uh, where you got to realize you're not in a normal time. Uh, you're not in a normal season, uh, but I got to stand by my statement today and tell you uh, it is a season of resurrection uh, and before things can be resurrected, uh, there had to be a death uh, and I'm telling you we're getting ready to come up out of the grave uh, and we're about to walk into some life uh, and we're about to experience the power and the glory of God. Uh, I'm here to tell you this morning uh, that the king has spoken uh, and there has been a dispatch uh, into Lodabar uh, and there is some things uh, that's about to change in this hour. The power of resurrection authority uh, is rising uh, and the day of transition is present in this nation. I declare to you today, you no longer have to identify 
with yesterday's failures. Let me say it again. You no longer have to identify with yesterday's failures. There is a place prepared at the king's table and there is a restoration that is coming in this hour. I sense that I'm talking to somebody today that feels like you've been stripped of everything. But the Lord would say to you this morning, I am now fetching you from the barren place and I am restoring to you what rightfully is yours. In my time alone with the Lord in recent days, I began to hear the Lord just really quicken in my spirit, not an audible voice, but in my spirit. And I began to hear him deposit some things that was very encouraging in my life. One of those things, a few of those things, rather, is that which has been missing will no longer be absent from the table. I believe this morning that the events of our day is providing the backdrop for a great exposure of his power in this season. I hear the Lord saying today in my spirit very loudly early this morning that there are those that have dropped a generation but he says, I am now repositioning those that I have anointed for this hour. You have to understand the context of this story. David, many years prior, had been anointed to reign as king because Saul had disobeyed the Lord. He said, I'm stripping this from you. And we find that a process of time began to unfold and take place. And we find that it wasn't until God's orchestrated time that David ever take the rightful place on the throne in Israel. It wasn't on the timetable of men, but it was on the timetable of God. There's a lot of things that has been going on that doesn't make sense by the timetable of men. But can I tell you, we're on the timetable of God. And I can stand here with great confidence this morning and tell you that he doesn't make mistakes. He's got it figured out and he knows what he's doing. And today... We can take comfort in that and rest in that. I want to say to you that there are those in the church world that is going to have a lot of blood on their hands that has been leaders over the last several years, the last couple decades. Because of the simple fact we began to fall in love with the world instead of falling in love with Jesus and therefore, we have led a generation, please hear me, in our haste to get to a safe place, we dropped a generation 
And now that generation is lame on their feet and they've not been able to get anything for themselves because they have been hindered by our behavior. Stay with me this morning. We find that that in this season, even while that was going on, there was the anointing taking place of men and women that God was ordaining for a specific day to come. And I have good news this morning that we have come into that specific time. And there is men and women coming from a place of obscurity that the world doesn't know who they are. And many of them has been pastors and leaders and prayer warriors for many years in places where maybe there was only 20 or 30 or 50 or 100 and all of a sudden they're been brought to their rightful place because they was anointed previously but the timing wasn't yet and they've had to go through some stuff. They, If you could talk to them as individuals this morning, uh, the Deborahs of our day would tell you that, man, we've went through some stuff. Uh, You would have to hear the Mordecai's of our day says we've went through some stuff. And you could talk about others. You could talk about uh, those that God anointed. They'd say, man, we fought a lot of battles, but we've been faithful and he's been faithful. But now in this season, uh, God is saying, I'm bringing you to that place, much like David when he comes and was sitting on the throne of Judah and then anointed to sit on the throne in Israel. Uh, We find that now he's ruling. Uh, In this place, God begins to give him victories. Can I tell you, victories are beginning to be given to the church. Uh, It may not look like it naturally in in some places, but can I tell you uh, that right now the church is winning. Don't you ever believe the lie of the enemy, Uh, but the true church of Jesus Christ is growing by leaps and bounds every day. Uh, across this globe. Uh, And just because you don't see it in your city yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Uh, It just means you got to keep fighting a little bit longer. Uh, But we find that now uh, Mephibosheth is in a place of Lodabar. Uh, David's sitting on the throne. Uh, Let me get back to where I need to be. Uh, We find that now the Lord would say that they are now taking their rightful place. Uh, And this is what I heard the Lord say. Uh, Those that I have anointed... uh, I am now turning their hearts uh, back to the inhabitants of Lodabar. Uh, he says the broken, the lame, and the hurting uh, are been remembered, says the Lord. Uh, the heart of my anointed are now been drawn uh, to show kindness to the forgotten. Uh, he said I am restoring, says the Lord, uh, that which has been stripped from this generation uh, is getting ready to be brought back uh, in this season of resurrection. Uh, no longer will this generation go to the house of religion and entertainment but they are now going to be brought back into my presence says the Lord. I got to tell you something this morning the only reason David was going to be able to show the kindness of God to Mephibosheth is because David had took an initiative a couple chapters before to go get the Ark of the Covenant and bring it back to Jerusalem you can't show the kindness of God without his presence but David said once the presence got back to Jerusalem uh, I began to be positioned uh, where I began to say you know what I got to do something Uh, I got to honor covenant Uh, I forgot something Uh, I got to go back uh, because I told Jonathan uh, I prayed and I I even even took the oath with him uh, that listen uh, I wouldn't just honor you 
when you're alive, uh, but I'm even going to honor your house uh, even after your death. Uh, and he said, is there anybody, uh, is there anybody left? Uh, can I ask the question this morning? Uh, is there anybody left? Uh, is there anybody's son or daughter uh, that's in Lodabar this morning? Uh, is there anybody that I can reach this morning? Uh, I believe we know the answer to that question, uh, but we find uh, that when we look at this, uh, we find that the Lord began to say, I'm prepared to place at my table uh, for those uh, who have become frail uh, and who have become lame. Uh, I began to hear the Lord say, uh, I have placed fresh bread on the table. Uh, the barrel of meal is full. Uh, the cruise of oil is not empty. Uh, but it is in this season that I have made a place for those uh, that have been redeemed uh, from destruction. Uh, notice I hear the Lord speaking this morning to a generation. Uh, he says, if you'll sit at my table, uh, I'll sit there with you uh, and I will begin to reveal the secrets of my heart. Uh, that which you knew set at that table, uh, he says, uh, you will set like the, those of previous generations set at my table. Uh, no longer will there be, be you, will your brokenness be seen, says the Lord, uh, but they will sit with me uh, and they will know my heart, says the Lord, uh, for I will reveal myself to them uh, while they commune with me. Uh, the glory of the former generations uh, has been restored to this generation with increase. Uh, I got to tell somebody this morning, uh, I know that you're broken. Uh, I know that you feel like you've been abandoned. Uh, I know it feels like you're lame on your feet, uh, but can I tell you this morning, uh, you have a heavenly father that's not looking at your brokenness. Uh, he's not looking at your failure. Uh, he's not looking at your difficulties. Uh, he's not looking at that and saying, uh, I'm going to judge you uh, concerning that. Uh, but no, he's extending his grace uh, and his mercy this this morning to tell you uh, that there's a seat at my table uh, and at my table uh, the focus is not on the failure uh, but my focus is upon the relationship that can be formed uh, this morning can I tell you uh, he was fetched by a king uh, this morning God is wanting to fetch somebody uh, from the pits of hell uh, from the strongholds of the enemy uh, listen uh, it is God's will for you to be in present with him this morning when we look at this story of restoration of Mephibosheth, we see he was given that which belonged to his grandfather. You say, why is all of this important for you and I today in a culture that seems to be completely out of control and going in many directions? Let me remind you today, none of it that is going on changes the responsibility that you and I have as the church of Jesus Christ. We are still called to be the church. But if we were to say that, well, only the broken is out there, only the lame is out there, we would be misleading and we would be, we would be fooling ourselves. But Sunday after Sunday... Week after week, month after month, year after year, men and women come to the house of God and they're still lame, they're still broken, they're still just trying to exist in a place of survival. And they think this, if I lift my hands, everybody think I'm okay. If I do the religious thing, everybody, nobody will really know how I really am. Can I tell you, God sees all things. And God does not want you to be broken this morning. It is wonderful that you're in the house of the Lord today. 
It's wonderful that you're here last Sunday, or it's wonderful that you'll be here next Sunday if God gives us that opportunity. Absolutely. But listen, you don't need to sit in a broken state because he says, I have something to give you that cancels out all of that. Notice. He went and he fetched Mephibosheth and he said, when he brought him in, he says, are you Mephibosheth? He says, I'm your servant. Yes, I am. He says this. He says, fear not. He said, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan's sake. There is a showing forth of kindness for you and I this morning from our Heavenly Father, not because of any good deed that we've done, but because of the sacrifice of his son Jesus. When we look at this time in history, it's very unique. Saul is slaughtered. Jonathan is slaughtered. Mephibosheth's brothers are slaughtered. Only Mephibosheth remains. A rightful heir to the throne of Saul He's saying, surely everybody's, everybody's been slaughtered and now the king's coming to slaughter me. They found me. But he didn't realize that in this moment there was restoration coming. But in order for him, please hear me, in order for Mephibosheth to get to where he was been summoned to be, Mephibosheth had a very big hurdle he had to overcome. Mephibosheth was sitting in Lodabar, lame on his feet, unable to walk, unable to maneuver. The king sends and says, fetch him, go get him, bear him up, bring him to me. Mephibosheth had to make a choice. The king is sent for you. He said to fetch you. Wouldn't Mephibosheth dare to let somebody pick him up one more time? After experiencing what he did when he was five years old, been dropped in haste. The king is saying, Come, come quickly, fetching him out of Lodabar. The last time he was moved in haste, he was dropped. So he's going to have to trust. I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to trust Jesus? Are you really willing to trust him? I know men have failed you. I know you've been dropped. You may even be lame on your feet. There's a lot of scars. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. But will you trust this message? Jesus says, come unto me all you that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Notice this story. Mephibosheth is scooped up and brought back and brought before the king. And 
David said, fear not, for surely I will show thee kindness for Jonathan's sake, Jonathan thy father's sake. He said, and I'm going to restore to you all the land of Saul that thy father has possessed. If you read the rest of that chapter, you will find that he even gave him his servants and said they all to Ziba and his sons all had to be servants for Mephibosheth. He was fetched by a king, not for destruction, but he was fetched by a king for restoration. And then he did not say, I'm going to give you the land of Jonathan, but I'm going to give you the land that belonged to Saul. Can I tell you this morning, Saul owned more than Jonathan. Okay. I believe that in this season spiritually, I'm going to transition to the church world right now, especially in America. I believe wholeheartedly this morning that the church must awaken to the fact that right now we desperately need a real move of God. And you're not going to experience what you have need of by just waltzing in and out. It's a life of complete surrender. God will honor that. But in this season, there are those that have done that. And this is what I heard the Lord really begin to speak in my spirit the last several days. This is not only am I fetching a generation, but I am bringing them back and I'm getting ready to give them the land of their grandfathers. And I began to think on this from a spiritual application. Who is the grandfathers in the spiritual aspect of this generation? I began to find men and women such as A.A. Allen, R.W. Schambach, Catherine Coleman, Lester Summerall, Billy Graham, just to name a few. Listen, that is the grandfathers of this generation. The fathers of this generation is men such as the T.D. Jakes, the Rod Parsleys, the Jensen Franklin, the Perry Stones, great men of God. But you have to look that the generation before them, they had more. And that's not condemnation. They had more land. What I'm meaning is they had more giftings in operation. In the days of A.A. Allen, in the days of R.W. Schambach, in the days of, of the Smith Wigglesworths and all of these great grandfathers of the faith, have to tell you something. The world has been impacted by the manifestation of the power and the glory of God on display. So in the midst of complete darkness and utter chaos in our world, the Lord is simply saying, I'm fetching a generation and I'm restoring to them that which belonged to previous generations. Notice with me today, the Lord is simply saying, I'm bringing them back to a greater anointing. That should excite us this morning because what we're talking about is your children and your grandchildren. And maybe some of you in this room, your great-grandchildren. 
which validates that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon the f- all flesh, your sons and your daughters. Hear me this morning as they come to the music today. In a world where our attention span is challenged on every hand, in a world where it seems like darkness is prevailing, in a world when it seems like the challenges are intensifying and becoming greater. I want to tell somebody in this room today through the humble efforts of this preacher this morning, he's simply saying, I'm calling to you. I'm fetching you. And this morning, there's a place at the king's table. I used to sing the old song, There's Room at the Cross. Can I tell you, there's a there's a spot prepared for the one that will simply say, I'll trust. Mephibosheth had to trust in the one that was sent to bring him to the place that he was being commissioned. And when he got there, the thing that had defined him all of those years of his life was getting ready to no longer define him. Because he simply said this in our reading this morning, he said, Ziba, I want you to take care of everything that I'm giving to him. But as for Mephibosheth, he will sit at the king's table and eat at the king's meat the rest of his days. So there was a table and there was a chair that was positioned. And when Mephibosheth pulled up at the table, his lame feet was never visible in the presence of the king. This morning, there's some scars that's visible. But there's a lot of people in this room where scars are not visible, but they're still present and they're still there. The enemy's told you time and time again, you'll never be, you can never do, you can never accomplish. But I come to tell you today that God is fetching a generation. Not only is he fetching, but he's restoring. Because there is a draw and a commission. And there is a unique anointing coming back to the voice of the church. By and through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit never speaks of his own accord. He speaks that which the Father is saying. 
And the father is simply saying this, it's time to show kindness to those in Lodabar. You can interpret that to be this. This is a time to begin to bring the harvest in. And there's a harvest of brokenness. There's a harvest of lameness. There's a, there's a harvest that's got lots of scars on it. God says, I'm not concerned about the scars. I'm concerned about the soul. I'm concerned about the individual. This morning, you might be sitting in the sound of my voice and you might feel betrayed. You might feel like you've been belittled. You might feel like you have no value, you have no worth. You may feel like the world is just crashing in all around you and all of your plans is just lying in, in rumble today. But this morning, I can tell you that there's a God that loves you. And he's simply saying, I'm calling for you. And I'm asking you to sit at my table I'm not going to focus on the lame feet this morning, but I'm going to focus on the fact that there's a covenant that I'm honoring. Because there's an old rugged cross that was erected a little better than 2,000 years ago, in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your hurting, in the midst of your sickness and disease, you can walk to a place of healing and wholeness today. question is, will you trust? One passage of scripture simply says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to ask the question this morning, is there one person in this room that said, I'd like to taste and see if he's really that good? You may have prayed a million times before. You may have felt his presence at times past. But right now, if you was honest, you'd say, you know what? I'm really in a place of low to bar where not much is happening. This morning, can I tell you? He's saying, come, and I'll give you rest. As we stand all over the house this morning. This, the call of the Lord is much different than what I anticipated this morning. The delivery of this message is much differently than what I anticipated this morning. But I think by the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit today, I can sense this morning. And I don't, I don't want you to be offended by what I'm getting ready to say, but because I, I don't mean it in a derogatory way at all or a condemning fashion. But under the sound of my voice this morning, there's some, there's some broken people. Some of you are lame this morning. Some of you have some scars. You have some wounds. And the enemy has beat you up with it continually. The enemy has just flat wore you out in recent days about 
about all of the imperfections that you might see in your life. But can I tell you this morning, he's not concerned about those imperfections. He's not concerned about those failures. He's concerned about you. And he would simply say to you this morning, I love you. He would say to you that you don't have to abide in the house of Baker in the land of Lodabar any longer. He's aware and he's sensitive that when you was five years old, you was dropped, that when you was 15 years old, you was dropped, when you was 25 years old, you was dropped, when you was 30 years old, you was dropped, when you was 50 years old, you was dropped. He's aware of that. He'd simply say this, let's not focus on that, but let's focus on the fact that I've prepared something for you. There's fresh bread, there's fresh oil, there's there's a brand new beginning for you, Mephibosheth. I know you feel broken this morning. I I know you feel unworthy of the call this morning. I, I, I know that the enemy just says it never can be like you thought it was going to be. But God says I am the restorer of all things. Doesn't matter what the house of makers say. Doesn't matter what Lodabar is declaring and decreeing over your life or over a church or over a nation. But the Lord says, I'm stepping in and I've got an anointed vessel and he's prepared and he's made the way and now you can have a brand new beginning and I'm not just going to let you have a fresh start, but I'm going to bring restoration. I'm going to restore the land of your grandfather to you, meaning this uh, greater anointing, a double portion anointing, uh, uh, an outpouring of your spirit uh, in my life is now not something far off, but it's something near. I wish I could run to you this morning and just grab you and fetch you and bring you here and say, God's got everything you need, but you've got to trust not in me, but you've got to trust in him and say, God, I trust in your word over my life. I trust in your call over my life, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to sit at your table today. Is there anybody in the room this morning that says, I'll let him fetch me this morning? I'm not concerned about the brokenness. I'm not concerned about the failure. Listen, uh, when you get into his presence, it's covered by his blood and all things are made new. So don't let the enemy distort your mind into thinking, oh, this and that. No, just know that God has prepared. But I have to be honest with you this morning. Much like Mephibosheth, You cannot dwell in the king's palace and dwell in the land of Lodabar. There's only two dwelling places this morning. Somebody hear me this morning. He's a perfect gentleman. He says, I stand at the door and knock. 
If you open, I'll come in. But if you want to slam that door, you can continue to live in Lodabar. But if you live in Lodabar, there's, there, there's lack there. There's death there. there, 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 there there's all kinds of evil there. Uh, but if you choose to let him in, uh, you can sit in his presence. Uh, notice when Mephibosheth came back to the house uh, of the king, uh, he was protected by the royal guards. Uh, nothing could come nigh him. Uh, nothing could get to where he was. Uh, but he was in a protected place. Uh, Not only did he eat well, uh, not only did he flourish, uh, but he was under the hand of the Almighty. Uh, Can I tell you, God is wanting to put you under the hand of the Almighty. Uh, Can I say to the United States of America, uh, we're about to be ushered back into the, under the hand of the Almighty God. Uh, Evil is about to be dispelled. Uh, Darkness is about to be driven back. Uh, There's a shout of triumph that's about to come. But in this house, is there a man, is there a woman, or a boy, or a girl that would say, you know what, I, I'm not going to stay at Lullabar, but I'm coming. Listen, I'm just a messenger this morning. I just come to try to fetch somebody. I'm not begging, I'm not pleading, but I'm saying right now, if the Holy Spirit is quickening your heart over the last few minutes, you need to step out of your seat and you need to come to the front of this building right now without delay. If you choose to stand where you are, you're going to stay in Lullabar. But if you stand, choose to respond right now, you're going to be, you're being fetched by a king and all things will be made new right now. Right now. Right now. You can stand, kneel however you want this morning. But right now, just sit, begin to tell him, say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you right now. I'm trusting you right now. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's about to make all things new. There's a lot of movement going on in the spirit realm right now. I need some men of God, women of God, to help me this morning. I need you to gather in behind those that's fallen into these altars. And I need you to begin to pray. I need you to begin to pray by the leading of the Holy Spirit. We are releasing today. We are releasing men and women today to be the men and women that God's called them to be. Let's pray. Let's lift our voice. Let's not be shy this morning. But let's pray. Let's call out unto the Lord this morning. Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you, and God bless you.